I'm Cindy Boxer, and you are listening to the Fiber Artist Podcast, where we chat with artists, makers, and creatives who work with fiber, get to know their stories, how they came upon their fiber practice, and more about the person behind the work. Hey there, fiber lovers. Thanks for checking out the Fiber Artist Podcast today. Okay, uh, right up top, I want to let you know about a special discount I'm offering to my podcast listeners. You can shop neuromastudio.com using the code PODSQUAD and get 25% off your next two orders. It doesn't matter if you've been a longtime customer or if this is your first order. You can get 25% off anything in the shop. Just head over to neuromastudio.com to stock up on all your cotton rope or string, recycled ribbons, sari silk, cotton frizz ribbons, recycled chiffon, or wool art yarns. I have been getting the sweetest messages and DMs from you all letting me know how much you're enjoying these chats. I love getting these messages. Thank you so much. Um, They seriously make my day. If I can ask one favor, if you could please, please, please subscribe on YouTube and give the videos a like and a comment. It helps so much as we try to beat the algorithm. You know, we're living this life now to beat the algorithm and, uh, you know, it just helps a lot to get the podcast seen far and wide. So please do that. And if you want to reach out to me personally and ask a question, or if you'd like to be considered to be a guest on the pod, email me at thefiberartistpodcast at gmail.com. That's fiber with an E-R. So thefiberartistpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, uh, this week's episode is with fiber artist Jeremy Rise. Jeremy goes by Germ, so that's what I'll call him here. Germ was such a delight to speak with. He is a go-getter with a capital G. He's one of those people, you know the type, you can basically see the actual wheels spinning in his brain. He's always on the go, always creating and working toward his goals. He seriously made me want to like pound an espresso and get to work. This is one of those episodes you'll want to watch on YouTube and not just listen to the audio because he gives us a tour of his space and it is a beautiful wonderland. You can find Germ on Instagram at JustGermThings and online at JeremyRise.com. Definitely go take a look at his work. It's, I mean, how do you even explain it? It's infused with pure unbridled joy. Um, And I think you're going to love it as much as I do. Okay, so without further ado, here's Jeremy Rise. Hope you enjoy this episode. So wait, I know people call you Germ in your real life, but do people who you just met call you that? Um, it's funny. It's actually kind of taken by storm. You know, it started with I like needed to make an Instagram handle. Gosh, you know, ten years ago mm-hmm. uh, for like my normal Instagram. And I used germ for that. And then it just kind of stuck. And then now, I mean, my friends call me germ dog, like a lot (laughs) of them do, um, or germ. But um, yeah, people actually call me Jeremy less and less. I'm like, hey, you know, I actually have a real name. (laughs) I know, maybe you should just change it officially. (laughs) Just germ. Yeah, just germ. In like a more professional setting, people are like, your name's germ. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe it doesn't work. Uh, (laughs) I know, but you're an artist, so you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm leaning into it. Yeah. Um, Well, happy birthday. I know you just celebrated your, what, 30th? 30th. I know. It's been, like, drawn on for a couple weeks now. I kind of started with... It like initially being like an early birthday for the art show that I had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
And then technically I'm on vacation all the way up until Tuesday oh, um, nice. of this coming week. I so know. really making the most out of the 30th. That's crazy. You've So you basically have been partying for like, what, two or three weeks. Wait, so you went down to Mexico. I yeah. had to hear about this trip. Um, but first, okay, wait. First, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yeah, so um, a couple places. So on Instagram, just germ things. Um, all one word, just J-E-R-M things. And then um, I have a portfolio slash website. That's jeremyrise.com. Okay. So either of those, they both have links to each other on them. So if you find one, you'll find the other. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Um, And yeah, I am dying to hear about your 30th birthday because uh, I cannot believe, I know you brought a bunch of people down to Mexico, but I cannot believe that you were able to rally what is it? How many people? There were 30, originally 32 of us. 32 people down to Mexico traveling internationally during a global pandemic. <laughs> like, how do you even get that many people together to agree on the timing and all of that? Has it been planned for a yeah. really long time? It's been planned for a minute. So, I spend a lot of time in Puerto Vallarta. So I'd say I live there three or four months out of the year. Oh, nice. So I'm okay. really familiar with the area. Um, like a lot of my creative um, inspiration comes from the ocean and the jungle and like tropical things, coral reefs. So like I spend a lot of time there to create. But so because of that, I'm pretty well versed in all things Puerto Vallarta. And a lot of my friends haven't been. And so when I left April, when I left there in April this past year, um, I was like, I'd, I'd wanted to do a 30th birthday. You know, I usually don't do a whole lot for my birthdays. I don't really do, a, I don't celebrate a whole lot of holidays in general, but I didn't want you to do something for my 30th birthday. And weirdly enough, my birthday is during what is considered the off season in Puerto Vallarta. And it's because it's rainy, it's tropical storms, it's right. humid. But because of that, it's really affordable there during that time. And it's kind of empty. So I had this idea of, well, if with the price point being so low and we'd be able to live like kings and queens, if I can get everyone on board early enough, collect all the money beforehand, and I know my friends, you know, they they tend to trust me when I'm I'm rallying for events for them and whatnot. So I was like, hey you guys, you know, I have this plan. I wanna take you to do all my favorite things for like four or five days in Mexico. Um, but you need to agree to it like upfront. Like I need, we need to have, I had everyone like decide if they're going or not by the middle of May. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts. You're either coming or you're not. And then start slowly collecting money for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So then when we got there, there was nothing to do but have fun. Um, so it made it, made it a lot easier when we actually got down there. That's amazing. I cannot even imagine like how fun that must have been especially for like you know an extended period of time too like my my girlfriends and I we did um for our 40th uh, a couple years ago we uh, went down to Turks and Caicos but it was just five of us and only for like a long weekend because we have like kids and all that stuff and um I mean if we had been able to extend it oh the (laughs) the fun and destruction we could have experienced well, and you know, with a group that big, you have to do a lot of thinking when it comes to who you're going to bring. So yeah. like, I mean, I had people that flew in from New York, from Spain, from Dallas, from Vegas, from LA, oh, wow. from Seattle, from San Fran. 
Um, so, and then people who live in Mexico. So it was quite an eclectic group, but the way, the reason it worked is because we kind of bucketed people into these different houses. And so we all stayed in this one condo building and all the units in that building are like three to five bedrooms and they're like built to party in. Like they're, when they built this building, it was definitely with the intention of having groups of people come here and having a good time. So we, I kind of got people to group together in ways that I thought would, you know, keep them independent, but also allow them to mesh with the rest of the group. Cause some people didn't know each other very well. Right. Some people knew each other really well. Um, some people knew each other, you know, by one degree of separation. So there was enough that everyone had in common. And then within the different houses, people, you know, knew each other. So then would push other people to hang out more. And by the end of the trip, I mean, we still have a group chat of like all of us. Oh my God, that's the best. Yeah, all the friends of mine from college who've never met some of my recent friends and vice versa, all like got to bond and I just got to kind of watch it all happen. It was, it was truly magical. That's Um, awesome. It's like the best, it's like you plan a wedding and you had the best outcome. It it felt like it. (laughs) Yeah. It literally, and. And so like the, the tricky thing is it, it rains every day in Mexico during this time of the year. Sometimes it sprinkles right lightly all day. Sometimes it, it dumps for an hour, but it rains every day. And so that was the tricky thing is like, how are we going to do all the things that we're planning to do with the weather? And I don't know how I lucked out, but Friday through Monday afternoon, it was beautiful. And the times that it did rain were strategically perfect. Like it, it rained when we were all up on the rooftop pool for like an hour and we just have this backdrop of the jungle. We're all like in the pool and hot tub. So who cares if it's raining? Yeah. It's still 80 degrees. So it was this like magical jungle moment. And then it rained when we were all at this private resort that I booked out for us for the day um, when it was like just hitting nighttime and there was a thunderstorm and we were all like hanging out in our villa and like watching the thunderstorm. And, oh, that's so you know, nice. So, it's the best feeling. Yeah, well, and so the times when we did have, you know, a little bit of a weather snafu, it was actually really enjoyable. So I don't know, there's something about the karma gods that were on my side. Yeah, definitely. People who live in PV, PV, when I talk to them afterward, they're like, I don't know how you got so lucky with the weather. We had like clear sunny skies for like three days. So yeah, yeah, we had an amazing time. It was meant to be. Um, How did Puerto Vallarta become your like second home? Um, it's a great question. So randomly, I got invited to a 30th birthday party there. Um, synchronicity of that. <laughs> yeah. But like three and a half years ago, with a group of like 15 of us. And I realized, I kind of like this place because it's like a, the this, this specific part of Puerto Vallarta that I go to is pretty unique. So it's called the Romantic Zone or Zona Romantica. And it's just south of like the main city. And it's a quirky, pretty queer jungle town. And, um, you know, I just like, I feel really comfortable and uh, really inspired there because of that. And so I went for this birthday and I was like, oh, I like it here. And like, I speak enough Spanish that I can like get around. Mm -hmm. And then um, I went right back later the next month for New Year's because that's the most popular time of the year to go there. And I was like, okay, well, let's go see what this is all about. And then I made connections there with people who own properties and made friends. And now I have pl- I found places to stay that I got a great deal at. So then I went for a long period of time because Seattle is pretty gloomy during mm-hmm. November, December, and January. And that's the most fun time to go to PV. 
And so I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to wing it. I've never traveled alone internationally this far, but I'm going to go for like seven weeks and see what happens. Seven and weeks alone. I, my God. Yeah. Um, during a pandemic, might I, might I add, yeah. um, which like wasn't what I was expecting at the time. I was a little nervous. I almost canceled my trip. And I was like, you know what? Like I could either sit here at home and work or I can sit there in the sun and work and just do the exact same thing. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I, like I was saying earlier, I don't really celebrate um, many holidays. I don't really do much for Thanksgiving or Christmas. So I was like, at least I'm not you know, missing a whole lot back in the States. I might as well go. And then I just met so many incredible people and had the most amazing time and just felt like home. And then I went back again and again. And now I'm already booked to go back for all of December, half of January and all of April. Oh, my God. I want yeah. to live your life. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Port, it's, Port, it's of, fun, Port right? of Vallarta once. Um, I think my we went, I think when I was just dating my husband, but uh, I think it was it was over it was definitely over 10 years ago, um, but it was okay. great. We had the best time, but we did like, it was very touristy what we did, um, yeah. but still like amazing. Yeah. Well, and the great. funny thing is, you know, when I, when I go, I, my friends make fun of me for this, but like when you're in Puerto Vallarta, you don't need a whole lot of clothing. So I check two huge bags of yarn and one small bag of bathing suits and take <laughs> That's funny. And then. And like over the course of the trip, uh, you know, everything will slowly turn from this bag of yarn into this bag of art. And then I fly home with all the artwork, which yeah. the collections that I exhibited at Lululemon, I did like a 26 piece collection called Alive. It was all made for the most part during the time that I was in PV from December and January. And then there was a few materials left that I finished the collection off when I got back home. But nice. um, all the bright rainbow and neon colors were all inspired by um and made actually while i was abroad over there oh, that's so awesome. it's always fun to to do that yeah do you feel like your uh your your approach to creating is different while you're there than when you're in seattle like are your is your are your color palettes different or like just your you know obviously your i feel like your mood would be different i i mean you know like most whenever I go to the Caribbean or Mexico or wherever, it's I'm just in a whole different mindset. So I wonder how it affects your creativity. Yeah, um, it absolutely does. And I think there's a couple of reasons why, um, you know, one of which, yeah, I'm not going to bring a bunch of black and dark brown to Puerto Vallarta, you know, so it's actually it was one of my favorite things to do is, you know, pull all the colors when I was going. I was like, OK, I want sand colors for the beach. I want rainbow for all the like eclectic, like Mexican vibe. And then, you know, I want some neon just because, you know, I, I love myself. So Hell neon. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, yeah. And so I pulled all the colors for that. But a lot of my creativity is driven from challenge. And so the reason it's different when I'm home versus when I'm there is I have a finite amount of resources. And mm -hmm. so it gets more and more fun the more I run out of what I have, because it's like I look at this pile, like how can I make most and the best with what I have? And when I'm here... I have yarn stores. I have my whole like studio upstairs. So like, I don't, I'm not challenged by like, okay, this is all I have to work with for six months. What can I make with mm -hmm. it? And that's why I like to travel and create. And like, I'm literally, I'm leaving for Vegas tomorrow and I have a bag of yarn packed um, just with a, a small amount. And it's like, what can I make while I'm in Vegas for a couple of days? So one, yeah, the, the colors are definitely inspired by where I go. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm really inspired by the ocean and everything that kind of comes with it. So 
that's part of it. But then having the challenge of like, this is all I can work with. What's the most I can make out of it? It allows me to like have more of a flow. Like if I'm here and um, I have everything at my disposal, I get a little in my head about, well, should I add this in? Should I add this in? But like when you only have what you have, you uh-huh. just go. I know too much um, choice is like, it's actually uh, hinder. It's hindering <laughs> in a way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's why like some people will and like teach their own, but some people will like go to a store to buy things for a project. Whereas I go upstairs and I'm like, what do I have? Okay, I'm going to just use this. And, you know, I might go buy something to like fill it in with, but I always start with what do I have? And then if I run out of something, I can fill it in. But I think it's too overwhelming to start with everything and then try and narrow it in. It's like, no, because you only only end up using, you know, like I feel like some of my best work is like limited to a few amount of supplies. And it's like, how can you manipulate and move them through the piece. Yeah, so yeah, the challenge sure. I yeah. really love. Uh, let's go way back. How did how did you first start creating with fiber? Were you a little yeah. kid? Did you when did you learn how to crochet? And I see that you put a lot of crochet and knit um, yeah. into your work. So I'm just it, curious about that. It's quite a journey. So I've always been interested in color and texture. I think that's like the root of it all. Um, when I was really young, like in elementary school, I used to go to this like creative arts camp in California and I learned to do like finger weaving with yarn. I learned to make like God's eyes with yarn, like the little kid yarn craft. Yeah. But I would, I would love going to the yarn store to get m- more materials to make them like making pom poms, like all of that really young age. And then it kind of went away. Like I never really touched it again. And then in high school, one of my friend's moms knit and crochet and I was like, that sounds fun. You know, I can try that. So I knit and crochet in high school, but just like hats and scarves. I made a couple bags and then that kind of faded out in college. I was way too into my school. I couldn't really, I didn't really have time for anything else. Plus I was poor. You know, I wasn't going to go buy a bunch of yarn, but it's like yarn or food. Yeah. Where did you go to college? Oh, sorry. Uh, dog. Hold on. Hold on one second. They were just excited. <laughs> I have to bring her on my lap because she's going to be a freak if I let her go out. Okay. That's okay. Hey, hi, Angel. <laughs> hi. Um, so college. Um, I went to school at the University of Washington. Um, okay. I, I originally wanted to be a plastic surgeon. So I actually have degrees in biochemistry and chemistry from there. And oh, wow. Realized well, that's quickly. a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, I studied dance, um, performing arts there as well. So I uh, played trumpet, sang. So I did a, do a little bit of everything. Oh, wow. Um, this is so unexpected. I had no idea. Really cool. Um, but so um, I didn't really do anything creative during college. Um, it only started coming back into play after college when I started going to music festivals with friends of mine. And, you know, when you go to those, it's always fun fun to like get dressed up or like have fun trinkets or you know like props to play with and like Mm -hmm. you know I did um like I was saying I I performed growing up so like dancing with props is something that like I was just used to so I was like well I'm a pretty like creative guy I can probably make some of this stuff myself and so that kind of took off in my early 20s and was really what started to get me back into my artistry So I was making like necklaces and I would make these bespoke hats that had like LEDs inside of them. 
like think like Burning Man type of stuff. Yeah. Like I used to get asked all the time if people could buy them to like take to Burning Man. I would make these flower staffs that had like LEDs hidden inside of them. Um, God, I wish I had some of them around, but follow up. I'll show you some time. Um, but that started kind of kicking things off. And then um, it, I went back into yarn and I'm like, well, I could probably make some stuff with yarn. So I retaught myself crochet and just like on one YouTube tutorial, like how do you get started? And then it just came right back. I mean, nice, it's pretty, yeah. you just go, you know? Um, and so it was great to relearn it as an adult and think about it for more of like, like I, when I crochet, I think of everything linearly. It's just like, I'm just drawing this line. I don't do patterns or anything. So I get stressed out with like the parameters. Mm-hmm. And Same here. <laughs> so then I started, yeah, I'm like, so I started making like crocheted earrings and necklaces and then like um, crocheted robes. You've probably seen that like rainbow robe that yeah. I have. I have a couple, yeah, I have a couple of those that I've made never again because they were horrible to make. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but, and so like that was probably two and a half, three years ago um, when I started doing that. And then I was like, okay, well, and then I was starting to make decor. Like I made these pillows. Actually, I have one right here. Let's see. Um, oh, this is a big, big one, but. Oh, um, I love I started, it. Yeah. So I started making like pillows. I made a couple blankets and I was like, okay, well, you know, what more can I do? And I went to my local yarn store and they had a class on weaving. And I was like, you know, I've never really thought about that. Never really knew anything about it. Um, I will say right before this, I tried macrame. I was actually in Maui and I just brought some yarn that I had and grabbed a stick and um, tried to do it and got super frustrated. Oh, I, was no. like, I, don't like, I was like, I don't like this. I'm trying to do what people on the internet are doing and it's not turning out the way I want. And I said, you know, screw it. I'm just going to tie knots and make braids and tie fringe and just see what happens with this stick. Um, and I actually have that piece up in my room because it was kind of a pivotal, like epiphany in my artistic career. It was like, stop trying to do what other people are doing. Just yeah. kind of follow what you want to do. And like, I'll keep that piece forever because of that. But then I took this weaving class a couple months later and it just went off. Oh, that's um, the best. There were only three people in this class. And once I learned like how to do it, um, we like started the weave and then we went home and then we were supposed to bring it back next week to work on it. And my teacher was like, how did you do this? Um, Cause I don't think she was expecting me to have like, I already had all this yarn. Yeah. From, like everything. I like, I learned how to start it. And I was like, I can do so much. I have this whole room of materials and now I never knew way to use it. And then um, she like asked to take pictures of my piece and I felt really bad because other people in the class, she didn't ask. But then, um, then the pandemic hit and I was like, this is a perfect storm because I'm stuck in my house. I have all this yarn. I have this new medium. And now a year and a half later, here we are. So yeah. it's kind of just been this like organic journey. And I made like a hundred pieces in like the course of really the pandemic and I mean it's still happening but yeah you've um, been pumping them I, out like crazy um I can't I literally can't stop my friends when when I hang out with them if I wasn't and I, I don't even sugarcoat this I will literally go to a social event with a bag of yarn I have like different to-go bags like a really minimal one or like a slightly more involved one but I'm always working on something. That's amazing. You know, it's funny what you say about the um, harder to pick up macrame thing. I feel like that is common for people who 
either crocheted or knit first um, because there's always that question of like what to do with the ends. <laughs> like not like every time I teach someone who is a crocheter or a knitter is like they're like they get so confused by the ends that you just like let them hang. You know, <laughs> um, so I well, feel like that's what kills. I was gonna sorry to interrupt. I was gonna yeah, say what kills me is the long strings. Yeah, I don't right. know what to do with exactly. That. And I like, tried to watch a video that had you like roll them into balls. I'm like, nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like I tried doing it, and I'm like, nope. Power to those people who make the really big ones because the thought of even starting that and just having these like piles of string on the floor. Yeah, it's no way. It's pretty unruly for a while until you get to the end of a project. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to, oh, so it's so funny that you're talking about the music festival thing. It's because I was thinking like, I wonder where he gets this aesthetic because I, I hope you'll take this as a compliment, but I was thinking like, um, from, from when I look at your pieces, I'm like, it's like, uh, if, if a 1990s club kid had a baby with like, I guess Betsy Johnson and a unicorn. You know, yeah, and I like, which is like, and out. I love it. I love your aesthetic. It's like, cause I was in, but, but the thing for me was like, I went through that phase in the late nineties and the early two thousands, but I know you're younger than me. So I was like, yeah, he didn't go through that. Um, you know, the same kind of era of rave and, um, and, and electronic music and whatever, but I guess it did. It lasted over the next yeah. 10 years and it just sort of morphed into a, a music festival slash burning man. Um, environment versus like the clubs and the raves that we did <laughs> but yeah. um but very much so all of that you yeah. know um i like to think it's you know like a slightly psychedelic very like plush kind of cloud like um with like hints of you know the ocean and whatnot but there's a lot of you know psychedelic rave elements especially with the colors you know like yeah. i'm not as you, you've probably learned i'm not afraid of colors you oh, know no. <laughs> um, like the challenge of being able to combine colors in ways that people might not you know originally think is one of my favorite things to do it's tricky because things will sell a little bit slower because of that you know not everyone like thinks in rainbow and neon the way that i do but then when people do and they see a piece, you know, it's they're like, oh, I have to have that, which is really the truly the reaction I'm looking for. Like, I don't want people to buy my work being like, oh, I could probably find a place for that at my home. It's like, no, I want you to buy it if you have to have it because yeah. I've had that reaction to work before. And like, plus people will pay more for that. Like, I have seen work that I'm like, I have to have it. I don't even care how much it costs. Like, that was made for me. I need it yeah. in my home. And since I am blessed to have a full-time, you know, day job that, you know, pays for everything else in my life, all of the art that I make is just, you know, an added bonus. And mm -hmm. then it also gives me flexibility with people if they're like, I want that, but like, I need some more time to be able to pay for it. I'm like, it's fine. I literally don't care. I'm here to make things that give you that reaction. Let's get it in your home. And then we'll figure the other stuff out later. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, things don't move as quick when you're creating with wild colors, but hey, it, it's you know, true. It's but it, but it, um, I feel like it, uh, it ignites something in people much differently than you know, just something totally. that's just you know, pleasing, like a pleasing thing to add to your home. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's well, definitely like a personality uh, behind it, and like a statement that the person who buys it is making, and the, and you know, you are making as the as the creator of it. You know. Well, and it's funny because like with, with art, you know, so I spend a lot of time in 
galleries when I travel. It's one of the things I like to do. And, um, you know, the people that work there, they're like, you're not buying art to match your home. Like you, you shouldn't like, if your art doesn't match the room, which I shouldn't speak because I literally made all the art in this room to match the room, but I'm an artist that's a little different, but when, uh, um, that's your prerogative, when, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. Upstairs, it's a different world, but down here it all matches. Um, but you're, but like, if you walk into like, so like a collector's home, you know, and you see artwork everywhere, it does not match, yeah. you know, and it's not meant to, you're meant to, cause then it stands out more. People walk in, they're like, what's the story behind that? Um, so like, like, you're not supposed to have it match your home, but it's so funny. This art show that I had a couple of weeks ago, I, I made a piece just before it entirely neutral. We all know how this community loves. They're all neutral pieces. I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of neutral yarn left over from that like eight foot piece that I made for the night club that has the lights in it so i was like whatever i'm gonna make a round piece real quick literally sold one of the first pieces at my art show before i could even take professional pictures of it i'm just like of course <laughs> everyone loves the all neutral piece yeah sold before don't even don't even have professional pictures of it it's not documented anywhere because someone just wanted to buy it but i'm like it wasn't as fun to make you know like i mean it, it was beautiful, but it's so funny because it's, it's so like funny. picks or it didn't ex or it doesn't exist, <laughs> you know, because I, I, I don't truly believe you that you've ever made a neutral piece. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I have no pictures of it now. So yeah, so funny. <laughs> it's, it's in my friend's home and, you know, I mean, she loves it. So that's oh, great. That's but, um, but yeah, it's just funny. I was like the one time I make an all neutral piece, it literally sells before I can even document the fact that I made it. Yeah. Um, you should put Afterpay on your um, website so the people who need to pay in increments can do that. Because you had Is mentioned that, what that that's, for? that's what it's for, that you pay in like four separate. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, but like uh, you pay in four, four, four payments and there's no interest for oh. the, the person buying. Yeah. And you can just like program it into your website. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I've just kind of done it on like honor system. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not some renowned artist yet. So most people buying my work are like friends and family or like, you know, one degree of separation from that. But that yeah. would, it takes know, away a lot of the, the price barrier. Like it's a really, yeah. it's been really helpful even just for my business. It's, is it pretty easy to set up? Yeah, really easy. You just go to All Afterpay right. and then cool. like you sign up with them and then they, they literally go into your website for you and put all of the code in and they do it all. So that's oh, it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It takes like Boom. a day. That's, that's some great feedback. Yeah. Right <laughs> um, so what is your day job that is giving you all this crazy time and travel opportunity and whatnot? Yeah. Um, so I was an initial um, sales guy at a, a pretty high growth tech startup um, here in Seattle. So, you know, I'm the third most tenured employee there right now. Oh, We've grown to nice. about... 60 something. So um, lots of flexibility, you know, when you start a startup at a, a really early phase and kind of see it through. So and then lots of lots of, um, you know, flexibility as a sales guy, especially in the tech world, mm -hmm. and especially in, the, you know, pandemic world when everything goes remotely. So I didn't used to have all the flexibility that I can with traveling. But that was one of the benefits that, you know, COVID did bring in light of everything is now I have I can work wherever I want, whenever I want, which has allowed me to, you know, do so much in a, in a short period of time, but tech sales, you know, um, software, hardware, I talk about it all day long. So, uh, I'll give you just kind of the, the short of it, um, today, but 
uh, yeah, it's what I've done since leaving college because I ended up clearly not becoming a surgeon. And mm-hmm. I did some, you know, lab research and realized that, that also wasn't for me. And I was like, well, you know, I was kind of having like a crisis. I'm like, what do I do? I have all the, I have these degrees and I don't want to do anything with them. And I probably just jumped right into college too soon. But, you know, that's kind of the path that were put on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, well, um, I'm, I've been pretty good at sales my whole life. Like I, I worked through college. I worked at like Nordstrom, Kate Spade, Splendid, just like a bunch of retail gigs that, you know, make extra money. So I was like, I was really good at those. So I could probably sell something else. And I got lucky to be totally honest. And I got a really great um, tech sales job in the medical, like medical world right out of college. And then have been just doing that for the past, you know, six years now. So Oh, I mean, so you know, it's the, the same job that you have. I mean, it's the same company that. No, no, no. Sorry. I should have clarified. Um, I got lucky just in general with the job. I've had three different jobs in medical software okay, type gotcha. of roles. I started this one two and a half years ago. And, you know, the hope is in a couple of years, if the company just keeps going where we're going. You got um, IPO. The company. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's. It's, it's looking really um, probable the way we're at right now. We're awesome. on our way to a series B that we should have by the end of this year, which if it goes the way it should, um, would have us valued at a billion dollar company, nice. which is you know, all you could want at a, as a startup. So yeah, congrats. Ideally, you know, thank you. Yeah, it's been a lot of, a lot of work. Um, but, you know, ideally that would be able to catapult my art career because I could take a break for a bit mm-hmm. and not have to worry about the finances and just travel and, and create the large scale things that I've, you know, I mean, I, I love doing all these smart, these small scale, um, you know, pieces, but ideally I want to be given a whole wall or a whole room and said, like, do something with this. Like my ideas are way bigger than the loom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I only, I don't, where am I going to put them? You know, I like, I have, a, I have a good size space here, but I can't be making like large scale work. Um, and the thought of trying to like actively market and sell my stuff, um, to like get it into galleries or like get these gigs and like put more sales and marketing into it just is not something I want to do because I spend all day doing sales and marketing for my day job. So like I like to just keep the creating just pure creativeness. Um, But that would change if I didn't have to work anymore. So, you know, that's kind of the end goal is get my day job to a place where, you know, I don't have to work. And I mean, that's every artist goal, right? To not have to work and to just kind of create. But, um, I'm on a pathway there. Well, so yeah, I mean, I feel like you're three quarters of the way there with the amount that you're yeah. able to travel and the flexibility. I mean, in a way, maybe maybe it's best to keep it this way. I don't know, because then honestly, that's, like then you're not worrying about finances. Although if you IPO, you're totally. going to be fine. You just quit. <laughs> that's the thing. That's, yeah. that's the thing. It's like when I get to that point, you know, with, you know, the equity I have and, and whatnot, I would be able to at least take quite a break. But people ask all the time. They're like, don't you want to just quit your day job and you know, I mean, I could pay for my life with my artwork if I really wanted to, but it would look a lot different pay, though. Your it, life it takes really good care of me. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to just hop on a plane whenever I want exactly. and buy whatever yarn I want, you know? So yeah, um, be a little bit different. I mean, I'm in no hurry to change it right now. I'm in a good place. Yeah. Um, so you recently had your first solo show. I assume it's your first solo show, the Lululemon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, was it a gallery space or tell me about it? Yeah. So a lot kind of happened this summer um, and none of it I was really anticipating. You know, there's the Lululemon exhibit. There's this nightclub. That yes, I, I want to talk about that. Yeah, we will. And then uh, my first actual show that I hosted. So the Lululemon thing kind of just happened. 
Uh, and I'm so thankful for it. I got nominated to be a part of this pride panel through Lululemon to just talk about like uh, my experiences as a gay man and like coming out and with like a group of people in like a safe space. And during it, I was actually sitting right in the spot and they saw this work behind me and they're like, what is that? Tell us more about it. And I like brought them on a tour up through the house and they're like, oh my God, we need to get this in our store. And so the University Village store of Lululemon is one of seven experiential stores in the world. Um, so it has like a yoga studio, like a fuel bar, like all these spaces in it. Um, and they are, have the ability to like host events. And so they're like, we want to exhibit your work in here for a month. And I was like, okay. Um, I, when I first talked about it on the call, I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. And I'm going to get my hopes up. I get an email right. three days later. It's like, I'm exhibiting in Lululemon in Seattle, Washington. Like, what? Okay. Amazing. Um, I had just finished photographing the Alive collection, which is all the stuff from TV. And I'm like, this would look great in a Lululemon on a white backdrop, you know? So um, I had all that that collection, plus a couple other pieces hung up there for a month. Um, and then I had like a closing show. Um, I couldn't do an opening show because COVID. Um, it was would have been a little... It would have been a little odd to like be in the back of the store with masks, not being able to like have a drink or anything. So I was like, let's just wait until Seattle opens up. And I was able to have a small show, you know, about 30 people came, sold some work, um, you know, great exposure. And, and, you know, I was given the ability to do whenever I want again. So I'm going to again in the fall. Awesome. But then um, I'd always planned to have my own show, you know, once COVID eased up enough that I felt comfortable, like renting a space, having people there. They're, you know, requiring vaccination and not having masks. Um, I was going to do it and I was going to use my 30th birthday as a way to kind of guilt people to come because um, I'd only been doing this art thing for a year and I wanted to like, I mean, you know, fiber art, it's not the same in a picture. Um, yeah. You need to like be there. And like, I really think that I take like depth and texture, like to a pretty extreme level and like you need to see it. So I was like, I want to get people in front of this stuff. But I've never hosted an event larger than like, you know, a small gathering at my house. So it was quite the undertaking, um, but it ended up being really successful. So it was two weeks ago. I rented a space that was this yoga studio, all white walls, some natural lighting. Um, I had about 40 pieces there. Um, I also do a lot of thrift shopping um, just like for fun. And so I collect clothing throughout the years, things that like are too cool to leave on the rack, but don't fit me. So then it was kind of a like multi-purpose show. So I had like four racks of all this vintage clothing for people to buy. I had my artwork all over the room. I brought in stuff from my installation at Supernova to like light the space up. And then um, I had some friends of mine, DJ. And then um, there's a company called Hone. That's actually what I'm sitting here drinking out of this. That's a, a matcha company that my okay. friends are co-founders of. And I had them do bar. So they made like Hone um cocktails and mocktails and then i bought a ton of champagne and it was a blast that's um, awesome know, it was like four hours about a hundred people came and went um sold a bunch of work and paid for the event four times over and like as a first event i, I mean that's insane yeah it blew my expectations out of the water um i got offered to do it again at the nightclub that i have the gig at so the next show, um, have you seen the paintings that I weave on top of? Uh, I've only done a couple of them, but they're like, uh, here. I, I are they on your Instagram? Because I can bring them up. Oh, yeah, they Actually, are. I'm going um, to let me see. Uh, start sharing. I'm going to share my screen with you. Yeah. And then we'll have that. this on video. Um, 
keep scrolling down. They're going to be down a little ways because I only did a couple and now I'm going to do a whole collection of them. A um, little bit further. I love going through your feed. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, yeah, there's all the PV ones and right there. So I'm um, right to the, your, your arrows on it. This one. Yes. And the one after it. So um, okay. these ones. So oh, I'm doing, a, beautiful. yeah. So I'm doing a whole collection of these. Um, I just finished two new ones. But so a friend of mine, her name's Hannah, um, one of my closest friends, I'm actually going to a concert with her and she was in PV with me um, as well. But um, she does these acrylic pours and the ones that, you know, don't turn out perfect in, in her mind, um, I'm like, give them to me. I'll weave on top of them. So um, I have one right here that I'm literally just about. Oh, to, God, to I love that. A little loom. I love yeah. me some metallics. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing a whole collection on those um, sometime in the, the um, winter. And it's going to be at Supernova Nightclub. And it's going to be um, really exciting. So take a little bit of the stress nice. out. So I don't have to deal with bar or venue they, yeah. that they would just host me there. But um, that's what I'm working on, you know, here in the immediate future. So I'm really excited about doing something a little different. You know, I've only made a couple and people's responses were pretty positive. So yeah. I have about 15 paintings upstairs that I'm just going to slowly start cracking away at. But um, it's funny, I've actually been collecting the yarn for them. Um, I've been getting a lot more into hand spun yarn because there's only a small amount of space I can do on these. So to make the biggest impact, I'm using all the fancy yarns. So it's been really fun to, you know, be able to, you know, one, support a bunch of, you know, yarn creators and then support my friend who's a creator and kind of create something that's super unique and bespoke. So yeah, it's awesome. Excited it's going to be super high volume. <laughs> like yeah. if physically to the touch and I feel like, and visually and you know, all of it. Um, well here, yeah. let me one sec, let me grab one real quick. I just finished. Oh, wow. I just finished this one yesterday. That's so, so you can cool. See it's primarily hand spun all in there with wow. some hand dyed, um, some hand dyed wool. But yeah, um, that's I'm so really cool. Excited. But so like this whole space in here, she messed up on it was just like all black. So mm -hmm. then I just covered it and it completely transforms the way that the piece looks. Yeah, so. completely. So I'm excited. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I'm so impressed. I, I can't believe you have so many things going on. Like, do you sleep? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know. And I, and I don't stop like my poor yeah. roommate. Um, she'll kill me for saying this, but she always talks about how I make her feel anxious because I'm always working on something and yeah. she's, she feels like she has to, like, yeah. I don't really relax. Like, I, have I, you like always been like this? Like, have you always been go, go, go? And like, I I have to assume that your brain is always running. Um, always. Yeah. Like when I'm driving, I'm mentally thinking about everything. I'm like playing out all my next pieces. I'm playing out my birthday. I'm playing out the art show. Like I never, I never stop. Um, and like, that's not to say that that's a good or a bad thing. You know, I definitely feel overwhelmed at times. I'll be sitting on the couch, like 
trying to crochet as fast as I can. And I'm like, you could just chill, but I set these kind of unrealistic deadlines in my own mind to get all this stuff done. Like, oh, I have to get this done before I leave to go to this. And I mean, the good the the good thing is, yeah, I, I get an insane amount of work done, which is always really you know exciting. But I mean, I need to relax a little bit more. It was great to like not bring any yarn really to my birthday party. Oh yeah, uh, I was going to ask if you did. For like, me, yeah, none. Um, literally brought none. And I was able to relax a little bit. Plus, I just had some of the most major milestones in my very short artistic career. Like, I had the Lululemon thing. I had the show. I just finished another collection. I was about to start a new one, which is what I was just talking to you about. So, like, I had a good time to kind of, like, take a break. Um, so, it was it was nice. Yeah. Plus, the, the, nightclub, the nightclub is nearly done. And that's not, not going to – I mean, I have everything done for it. And – I now I just need to kind of finish installing it, but I have quite some time. So it, is the nightclub milestones? Um, will you have an opportunity to create one of the like a much larger scale piece than your norm than you usually do? Yeah, so I have a whole room. Oh, um, so I've um, I have basically transformed the entire room. It's really combining some of the stuff I used to do for festivals and some of the work that I'm doing now. So everything that's in the room, I made for the room. So. I crocheted about 120 feet of addressable LEDs. Um, I actually have them right here because I used them for the nightclub. So these are <laughs> so all awesome. lights that are all crocheted. So mm -hmm. uh, they will hang all throughout the the nightclub. I made this the giant eight foot eight foot by four foot piece that has LEDs hidden inside of it as well. The whole room is synced up on a single controller that's ran by a, a smartphone. So, like, you can go in and there's like 150 different light combinations that you can change the room to. Um, there's some pieces that I just started posting about. Um, well, last week, and then I lost my, my phone broke in Mexico, so I haven't been able to oh, post no. yet. Um, there are these giant plywood pieces that I wrapped in chicken wire that I crocheted and wove a bunch of stuff onto. So, you'll see me start posting about those here in the coming weeks and kind of the the journey of how I made them. But yeah, the whole room is this like underwater psychedelic LED mermaid garden. Um, I love it. It's it's like my dream to make something like this and I can use it as a proof of concept to go um, and recreate something similar at music festivals. Like that's like my end goal. My whole like vision for 2021 was to get booked at Envision Music Festival in 2022 as an artist, nice. which, um, I am on the track to doing, which would really be, I mean, it's kind of coming full circle. You know, I, yeah. I went to these festivals, created a bunch of things and then found my artistic passion and now can combine all of that to kind of create this whole bespoke experience for everyone that goes. Yeah. Oh God. It's incredible. Um, before you found your fiber art practice, I mean, I don't know. How did you, did you fill your time with something else? Because I, okay, so like in some ways, it's, it's like an addiction for you, obviously, right? It There's is. a it's very, it's, very <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. If, I'm projecting a lot, but it's like for me, it was like a lot of um, a lot of coping and a lot of um, needing to keep my hands busy so that I wouldn't be doing other things that were maybe more destructive. And I don't know. Is that part of what it is for you, or is it just? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the perfect storm of the pandemic, you know. Yeah. So like, I mean, truly, and I think about that all the time. If 
So like before the pandemic, I was like some years I would go to 10 plus music festivals. And so once I started like, but I mean, when I would, when I would go, I would like create these insane, like full, like looks and it was, like my, my dressing was very artistic and like mm-hmm. that was my expression. But my friends would joke with me, they'd call it, um, stressable season because the whole time I'm just stressed trying to get everything done on top of that, which this actually goes back to an earlier question. I managed our camps. So like there'd be like 30 people who would all come to this and I would kind of manage the whole group. I take on this kind of dad like role, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, from lack of father figure in my real life. Um, but that's also with like my birthday, people like they knew what to expect because I planned all these music festivals. So like, what my birthday won't be any different, you know? Um, but so I used to keep myself very busy making trinkets and clothing and hats and stuff for those events while also planning them. But those didn't happen in 2020 for obvious reasons. And but then at the same time I picked up weaving. So it's kind of this perfect storm. And I was really sad at first. I'm like, wait, a whole chunk of my identity is in the, is in this community and I'm missing out on it. And then I was like, well, wait, I found this new thing that I love to do and I have all this time. So I should just lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, before all of that video games took up my time. So this is a much better, you know, use of my time than, you know, just wasting away playing video games. Right. But I do miss, I miss <laughs> video games. I, I, I make my friends play so I can watch while, while you I crochet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great, it's a great combination for me. Everyone wins. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely an addiction, um, but it's a lot better way to, you know, use my time. And I like, to, I like that I can just think. I love to think. Like, I love driving because I can just think about everything. And I can do that while I weave and crochet. And I love to just, like, be in my mind. I love to be alone. Um, it's a great way to kind of combine all of that. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned you when you had first did that Lululemon Zoom um, to talk about your experiences as a gay man and all that. Do you, does any of that come into play with your fiber work? Um, it's kind of a weird general question, but I guess I'm wondering, yeah. even, even as a child, like when you were doing that in high school, because most, honestly, it's a, it's a very yeah. fe- feminine, female um, practice, right? Like n- 98% of my Instagram followers are women. So yeah. You know, to find a man in this industry is, uh, is, uh, I mean, not as common, right? So, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just curious how that plays in for you. So, I think that's probably why I came in and out of it when I was younger, is because, like, I mean, I grew up in Eastern Washington, so, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more conservative in an area. So, being the guy that, like, crocheted hats and scarves, you know, it was definitely, especially since I wasn't out at the time mm. was definitely a interesting dynamic and wasn't one that I was about to like push through. I was like, no, you know, I'm just going to kind of let this fade away. But I mean, now in my adult life, you know, I'm very unapologetically myself. So, um, I mean, a lot of the quirkiness and the colors I think are very, you know, similar to how I myself. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, hold on, hold I'm on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, sorry about that. Worst timing ever. 
Um, um, I mean, so back to that same question, if I didn't have kind of that epiphany when I was in Maui and I was originally creating and being like, you just should follow what you want to do and not worry about if you stand out or if you're really different, because not only am I the guy in like the female dominated area, but I'm also making some pretty bizarre things right. in this area. And so like you could get a lot, like I could have got a lot of imposter syndrome being like, I'm a guy, my stuff's all wacky as hell. I'm using all these weird, everyone's using like neutrals and earthy colors. And I'm doing like rainbows and neons. And my pieces are like exploding blobs, but um, you know, I'm just, I lean into it and, you know, people are either going to love it and they're going to hate it. And like, I don't really care either way because I love it. So, you know, that's, that's really all that matters. But being my comfortable in my own skin has allowed me to like flourish the way that, you know, I have. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, lack of a father figure in your life. Um, do you, is your mom in your life? Yeah. Uh, my mom's amazing. Okay. Um, she really, I mean, she took on taking care of me. I mean, my dad decided that being a father wasn't a priority. Um, and like, I can understand, I, I can understand isn't the right word, but I can think about it differently than when I was younger. When I was younger, he just wasn't present. And now that like, I'm kind of the age that he was when they had me, it's pretty cut and dry for me. You know, he chose that being a father wasn't a priority for him and he mm-hmm. chose to do other things. But um, my mom realized it was you know her priority so was he in and out uh, of your life or just gone in and out uh i mean so you knew you knew him growing up a bit oh oh, yeah okay but he just faded out more and more and um really at the pivotal years of my life like i mean i was a pretty astonishing musician in high school and like i was a scholar like i was a pretty easy and i was really independent like Thank God, because my mom, while she's an amazing mother and a lover, she's not a scholar. She's great at being a mom. But like I put myself myself through all the AP classes, through college. Like I, I was a You're like serious a dream child. I have two sons and I'm like, how <laughs> do I get this kind of like how did I get them to grow up to be like you? <laughs> yeah, I just I was motivated to like create the best life for myself. And, uh, you know, I was a pretty easy, I mean, now that I can look back on it, I'm like, you could have had an easier son to raise. Like you made the choice to not. So now that he's, mm. he's tried to come back into my adult life and, you know, not, I mean, he also, he also chose drugs and alcohol, you know? So like if he were to ever get completely sober and have an epiphany, you know, it might be different, but now I'm just like, I was really easy for you to raise. You could have, we could have had this lovely relationship, but you chose differently. So I love my mom. She's been amazing for me. She gave me all the love I could have ever wanted to, you know, follow what I wanted to do and it turned out pretty okay, I think. So that's wonderful. Shout out to moms. (laughs) I know. Right. Well, weirdly enough, this is, I mean, this is kind of bizarre, but, um, you know, I haven't really talked to my dad in, in years, but he bought a piece from my website and it like totally out of the blue. I actually don't even know how he found my website, but one day I get a notification saying Jeff Rice has bought this. And I was like, well, that's kind of like a weird, weird yeah. I'm like, how do I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, I haven't talked to you in years, but you bought my art. And now I'm like, I don't know. It was, it, it was is bizarre. Weird. While I was hanging up at Lululemon, I texted my guy at Lulu. I'm like, Hey, can you take this piece down? My dad just bought it. LOL. Long story. <laughs> oh boy. He's so, like, tell me more later. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> have you sent? Have, did you send it off? I did. 
my mom made me all feel all upset. She's like, you should have sent like a nice note or something. And I'm like, I mean, I sent it the way I would anything, you know, I like wrapped it up I put a business card in there, but like, this isn't like, I don't know. I don't know what his intention is with yeah. this. You know, here's your art. You know, and it's we'll, not your we'll responsibility to yeah. do anything other than what you would have done for any other customer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but my mom made me feel bad about it. I'm like, okay, Debbie, chill out. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it was an interesting moment. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, that's a blast from the past, but thanks for the support. I'll take the money. <laughs> sure. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would process that either. It's, um, yeah, it's a lot. And, and, and he hasn't tried to get back in contact with you since. No, yeah. I don't think he, I mean, I don't think he has a way to be honest. That's why I was like, it was interesting to see him on my website. You know, I'm like, how did he get there? Right. Maybe he Googled or something, but like, well, yeah, you're, I mean, you're Googleable, right? I'm, I think so. I don't know. I'm not good at SEO, but my, my website is jeremyrise.com. So who knows? Maybe you type that in. It was like, what do you know? My son's an artist now. Um, so who knows? Well, you know, if he had made better choices, I'm sure he would look at you now and think how proud he is of you because you're an amazing person and an amazing artist. And clearly you have, a plan and I'm like a hundred percent sure it's all going to work out for you, I, which is I mean, so awesome. I, I'm hoping so. You know, I keep, if I keep doing the, the things every day, I mean, that's my thing is like, if you do something every day toward your bigger goals, like there's no way they're not going to happen. You know, if like I touch my art a little bit every day, I touch my work a little bit every day, I'm active a little bit every day and I eat healthy. Like I'm going to get to this place where I will have abundance of all those things. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've watched it happen. And so like, once you prove something out and you watch it happen, then you know, it's going to happen. So you it's just like this perfect storm, you just keep doing it. Um, so, and I've had throughout this summer, multiple opportunities, just like kind of for lack of better explanation, fall in my lap, like Lululemon, it fell in my lap. Like I was that literally, I couldn't have planned that. Yeah. Um, the super, the supernova nightclub installation, started with an Instagram DM that someone's like, you should hit up this nightclub. They're like opening up and they might be interested in your work. And not, I like just sent them a piece, like one of the led pieces that I made one called reef rave. That's, um, reef rave. Gosh, I can't talk. Uh, but it's like white and pink and green. It has LEDs inside of it. It's actually in this box, but I'm not going to pull it out. Um, and he's like, I have a better idea. How about you come into the club? I want to show you something. And he walks me into this room and he's like, so there's seven of these. Each one has a specific artist that is going to do something to it. I want you to have this one if you're open to it. And I'm like, you have no idea. This is literally a dream come true. I've been training for this for five years. Um, because like the club, so like, first of all, Supernova Nightclub, if you're in ever in Seattle or anyone who ends up listening to this is in Seattle, it's a modern day studio 54. It's like a place for everyone, like very disco, like get dressed up. It's absolutely oh my God, incredible. I, I was it. just there. I was just there last night for uh, Beyonce night, um, which was amazing. Nice. A bunch of drag queen performances. It was great. But there's a second half of the club that's modeled after Meow Wolf. Are you familiar with Meow Wolf? No. Um, they're like floor. So there are these venues throughout the U.S. They're like floor to ceiling um, immersive art experiences where you just go, you walk around, and you just experience everything. That's what they're building in the second half of Supernova. So you like walk in, and it's just going to be all art everywhere. Oh, cool. Um, so you can like the club and then go and like see the art room as well so i can't wait for that to open up it's gonna be pretty spectacular that's so cool and when uh when will that all go up so the club's open right now but um they're they 
have to do a few more um, things to code for the second half. They need to put like fire sprinklers in and whatnot. Um, and some of the artists need to finish up their spaces. So they're planning to do like a new release, I would imagine, around the time of the holidays um, and like open up that whole other wing of the club. Mm -hmm. So I'll definitely be be posting about that when that when that happens, because that should be a pretty pivotal moment in my artistic career, just because this club has blown up in Seattle in the past month and a half or two months that's been open. And, you know, having a whole room to myself in that club is going to be really, really special. Yeah, I think everyone's also with, you know, the pandemic lasting forever. I feel like people are just itching to go out and see oh, people face ready. to face and, you know, get crazy, yeah. go party. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a perfect storm with all of that. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for people who, because uh, I feel like you're, your um you know your rise on instagram has happened pretty quickly i mean if you really started pushing for the, all of this at the beginning of the pandemic it's only been about 18 months um yeah uh, what would you what would you uh what advice would you give to people who are kind of starting out now because i think instagram's become really frustrating for people um oh my gosh yeah yeah well, so like, I mean, I guess I, and not I, only I, with Instagram, but with with everything with with pursuing ex like everything that you want to pursue and achieving what you know, all the goals that you're setting forth. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I mean, with Instagram. So before I started doing all this, I had a I made an Instagram, the Just Germ Things Instagram, because I got asked to be a vendor at a music festival um, before I started weaving, just selling like trinkets and some of my clothing and whatnot that I had made. And so that's the reason why I made the Instagram. And then I neglected it entirely up until 2021. I was like, okay, I have a bunch of professional pictures. I should take this a little more seriously. And you can see a pretty clear pivot yeah. at like the beginning of the year. But I had like 300 followers then. And like I have just a little over 3,000 now. And I am not good at social media. I actually, it's actually the bane of my existence. I hate having to post everything and like trying to like keep stories. I mean, You've probably heard this from people a million times, especially in this community, like having to post like stories or like, I refuse to make reels. The reels, no, um, no I just, no. no. I refuse. So like, um, I'm not, not good at Instagram. I don't know how I've got, you know, more followers in a, in a decent amount of time. Um, but like the best advice, and I tell people this all the time, they like, especially after my art show, people are like, you know, I always wanted to like do something, but I'm just like, afraid to do it. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Like, just instead of sitting at home and watching TV, like get a canvas and, you know, scribble on it. Uh, there's like, people are just so afraid to get started. And like, I had that like epiphany in Maui. I was like, just do what you want to do. Like, what does your mind take you? Like, and like people think that they have to be good right away. Like, while I've been weaving for, you know, just a year and a half, I've been doing things with color and texture and string and yarn my entire life mm -hmm. off and on. Um, like when I was a, a, a toddler and I would color things instead of coloring in one color, I would color everything in rainbow. Um, I remember it so vividly. I was like, I could fill this in with one color or I can put all the colors in there. <laughs> so like, I've just always been, you know, building on that. And the way I've got so much better, it's just, I keep going. Like I hear people like taking apart work and like my friend Hannah, like, she's like, I don't like these pieces. I'm like, everything can be used in like something might be for someone and um, if you just keep making stuff, you're going to get better. You're going to understand how things combine. You're going to add more to your skill set. You just have to get started. Once you get started and you just keep going, you know, it's like back to what I was saying earlier. If you do something every day toward the bigger goal, 
and you're just patient and keep it going, it's you're going to get better at it. Like two years ago, I would have never expected that I would have had the past two months that I've had, like never in a million years. And so now I'm like, what's it going to be like in two more years? You know, yeah. um, maybe I'll be in a gallery, maybe I'll be in multiple galleries, maybe I'll be onto something entirely new, who knows, but um, just not be afraid to jump in. Yeah, I agree. I love it. But we'll take you on a little tour up through the Jeremy world. So you can see this is some of the Alive collection. Oh, did I show you? I didn't show you anything about the little germ logos, oh, did no, I? Oh, no, look at that. That's so awesome. Every, every collection um, has a different color. So, like, you can see here, this is um, – can't see if you can see it, but um, a different color. So, each collection has a different color. And so, if you want the piece that you have to um, – buy the collection that it's in. So you can kind of collect them over time. Is, oh, that's is so the cool. Goal. Um, here, we'll turn it this way. You can kind of see the hallway. The art gallery the that is right your there. house. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. All my little Porta Vallarta stuffed animals that I collect. Are all these pieces on your website? I mean, I guess not all of them, um, but all the ones you are willing to sell are on your website? Yeah, all of the ones in this hallway are, except for the new ones, these like painted ones, mm -hmm. but these, the circle ones right there and that piece right there were from my art shows I just did. So okay. the portals to the deep and beyond that collection. Um, this is close that curtain. It's a mess back there, but this is kind of the creative space. Oh, this will be fun. Oh, I love that. Real quick. Um, this is for supernova nightclub. <gasps> oh my God. I'm in love. That's um, so rad. That's that's one of them. You can see the robe hanging right there that I wear. Mm -hmm. um, some of the crocheted stuff that I've made over the years. Um, some of the hats that I've made. So oh, fun. Right there. You are so there's... 90s club kid. You're like Party Monster. Yeah. You can see. Oh, I've seen Party Monster too. I love, love that. Oh, it's so funny. I, I was. Um, I didn't realize Michael Alec died last year. Did you know that? I had no idea. No, I know. I was looking this up like a week ago because there, it's so funny. When he got out of jail, James St. James wrote this letter that got published and it was hilarious. It was like catching him up on all the things he missed in the 17 years that he was in jail. And oh my, oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> when you get off, you have to read it. Yeah, it is so I need, funny. I need to go find that. But um, because also he's he's like a hilarious writer, right? But then one of the yeah. points was like, oh, and by the way, Obama wants us to cough into our elbows now. <laughs> Oh, it, was, my God. it was written in 2014, right? When he got it, it was just so funny. Like you have to read it; it is hilarious. No, I I love everything about like the club kids, and yeah. know, that's why I like Supernova nightclubs. It kind of brings that back. Yeah, like, totally. I, I get like fully done up when I go out each night when I go there, and like you can't really do that at most nightclubs. You know, people will wear like a button down or something, but like right. I wore this like see-through beaded shirt and this like big vintage Oscar de la Renta hat and I was like <laughs> dripping in beads. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, you can see here, here's some of the like old, like stuff that I've crocheted, like festival stuff, like little oh, so cool. chains. chains and whatnot. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is the, the creative space. Um, have a lot of fun in here. <laughs> can you show that first macrame piece? This one right here. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, no, that took me the the, fir the very first one you did that where you were just sort of learning and then oh, trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot we went in there. 
this one, right? Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I love that I can see like little seeds of what is to become your, you know, your current aesthetic. And it was before I ever did anything with weaving. So like weaving didn't exist to me at the time. I had no idea what that was. What's so sad is my favorite yarn that I've ever bought. You can kind of see the colors of it right Uh here. Um, It was discontinued before I began weaving. It was like I bought it. I bought it from Michael's um, like way back in the day. And I'm like, God, I would do so much cool stuff with that. And now this piece is like a remembrance of that, too. It was the last bit of that yarn that I had. Oh, man. Also. Wait, so that's a piece you made in Maui? Yeah, yeah. it feels very Maui, actually. I guess because like the yeah. the driftwood or whatever. Yeah, and it feels like, very Maui. This is, this is like three different sticks that I tied together to make it. Um, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, tied here and tied there to make it like that shape. And this is kind of like an when I was playing around to figure out like what I wanted to do. You can see all the same colors and stuff. Yeah, and then I like blew it up and made it a little bit bigger. Oh, cool. So they will stay here as a. A little remembrance of you know where I where I started. Awesome. Oh, here we go. Here's one of the. Remember, I told you I like made these um, flower. Oh yeah, things. for the festivals. Oh, that's so yeah. fun. Yeah. So like they light up up in the top and then all along the staff, but you can't see the lights um, unless you turn them on. That was kind of the fun of it is you know making it look like it doesn't light up, and then um, when you turn it on, it's like. A, whole different experience kind of like those like the led piece that i just lit up um, yeah um, in my room see back in the days we would just do what were they oh my god like the glow sticks yeah well yeah glow sticks on the strings yep yep Yep. (laughs) and the whole thing down (laughs) those those still come out yeah Oh my god! I sound like such an old fucking fart. <laughs> I mean, like back in the day, <laughs> we, we just laid glow sticks around yeah. <laughs> and made really cool shapes yeah. for everyone that was tripping balls. <laughs> I mean, people, people still ahead of your time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was OG. I was, uh, you know, first generation. <laughs> I had to start some right. You didn't yeah. have LED technology back then. So it's true, yeah, glow sticks were it. Yep. Yeah. We may do with what we had. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I walked you up there because usually, um, I mean, I wasn't planning on that. I'll show you one other thing real quick. Because um, it's really different than anything else that I've done. So, uh oh. It broke a little bit, but I was at a bachelorette party in Austin. Um, in july and i went into the woods and found a bunch of sticks and tied them together to create whatever this is but cool. um, there's actually some of there's some of your stuff in here oh nice um, i see it my supernova string um, yeah. ribbon and then stuff from um scout wovens um cool. felted stuff there's some love fest fibers in here but yeah, this one's different. It sits in a jar. I don't know what to do with it because it doesn't really hang. But it's cool. You haven't even you haven't posted this on your Instagram, have you? No, you're right. I you're have. not good at social media. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to call it or what to do with it. But it's like six sticks that it's I tied fiber, together. It's fiber and, sculpture. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Is, I guess. <laughs> a manifestation yeah, of your thoughts. Yeah, just drunk at a bachelorette party sitting <laughs> yeah. by the pool with a bunch of sticks. I was in a Speedo walking out into the woods. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, 
I want to tie some sticks together and make something. They're like, okay, <laughs> sure. And then they see this come out when I'm done. And they're like, how did you tie six sticks together with a bag of yarn and create this? And I'm like, I really don't know. You know, you can call um, it um, this, this girl's last hurrah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> pretty much is. Yeah. But yeah, they, they know you got to see a little bit of literally everything that's that awesome done over the years so. thank you for that tour that that yeah. adds so much awesome yeah there you go i'm glad we did that yeah me too. To... oh my gosh well thank you so much it's been so awesome talking to you and getting to know you and your journey it's like it's your energy is awesome it's like um it's very contagious and i think that's probably a lot of what helps kind of propel you forward i think People probably love being around you because you have all this like, I don't know, it's like motivating energy. Um, but yeah, I'm super, I'm so looking forward to seeing uh, where the next couple of years take you. And I mean, I know you're going to achieve everything that you want. So um, yeah, thanks, Jerry. Well, cool. Yeah, no, this was so much fun. I've never done anything like this. So when you ask, it's like, once again, when people offer things, you know, just jump right in. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a blast getting to chat about all this plus. I mean, I'm still riding the high of my 30th birthday and my art show. So, I mean, what better time to, to chat about everything? So thank you so much awesome. for the, the chance to do that. Of course. Thank you. I'll see you around. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on naromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the Fiber Artist Podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.